Podcast, your weekly feel-good podcast for this week. We talk about some DC shows, and I finish up my stories from my Iceland adventure. That's right, this week we talk about the final couple of days, the final four days of me in Iceland, uh, and I regale you all with thrilling tales of all sorts of stuff, physical soreness, shopping, advice on what to do if you go to Iceland, and a couple of... Uh, couple of sticky points a couple of trouble spots that we got into and how we got out of them just to tease all of that uh but the first thing we talk about is i finally got around to watching doom patrol and titans on uh, hbo max now and i talk about whether those shows are good or not uh but up here at the top of the hour if you enjoy the going up cast or the audiobooks and want to support the going up cast or the audiobooks please feel free to swing over to patreon.com forward slash going up cast where you can become a patron for a five dollar level and get access to my pokemon nuzlocke runs my movie commentary tracks and a couple of other random bits and bobs over there on the old patreon it is always very uh appreciated if you swing on over there also the current audiobook of the day is midnight sun the rewriting of twilight from edward's point of view each chapter averages about an hour and is an absolute undertaking for me to record um in fact as soon as i'm done recording this bit of the podcast i'm off to record more chapters of that because my throat doesn't hate me enough already and uh gosh i think that's about it uh i hope you're all staying warm as a uh, fall is knocking on our doors um up here in the pacific northwest we finally got like our first major rainstorm and looking at the weather forecast for the next uh oh so many centuries uh it looks like it is going to be uh rain for the not too distant future um looks like the temperature might pick up a little bit towards the end of the week but rain and clouds for a while which is totally fine with me but yeah i hope you all enjoy this episode nothing me blathering let's get into it so i am a big uh DC fan, uh, in case you haven't listened to the podcast before. And there were two shows on now HBO Max, previously the DC Universe subscription thing, which did not last very long, that I was always intrigued by, at least cursorily around the tangents. I've always, I, I would hear like little snippets every now and then, and somebody would be like, hey, this show's not bad. And it would like zip by in my head. Hey, this is pretty good. This one and me, and it would just like happen over and over again, and I was just like, "All right, fine, fine, I will, I will, I will try them." And so I watched the first five episodes of Doom Patrol and the first episode of Titans, the two live-action shows over there, both of which either have or like currently airing or will soon air their third season. So they've been around for a minute. Um, let's start, let's start with Doom Patrol, because even though I've seen more episodes of that, I'm not going to go back to that show, um, and I want to, I want to talk about it a little bit. So what Doom Patrol has going for it is the cast. Um, you've got some, some powerhouse uh, actors here doing a wonderful job. Uh, Diane, uh, Guerrero, um, plays Crazy Jane. Uh, who has 64 unique personalities um, that all have their own superpower, which in and of itself is very fun. Uh, April Bowlby 
plays Rita Farr, a Hollywood actress who uh, apparently in the comic books is known as Elastigirl. And no, I'm not making that up. But she spends most of the first five episodes being a blob. Um, Alan Tudyk plays the villain, uh, as well as the narrator. But not for... Like, out of the episodes I saw, he's only doing that shtick for, like, the first two. And then he just kind of disappears. And I feel like he should have been around for every episode. Because his narration really does add a lot to the episodes. And the fact that he isn't is a problem. He might be more in other episodes. But since I'm not going to continue with it, I won't know. But he needed to be in the show more. You needed more Alan Tudyk. You'll always need more Alan Tudyk. Um, Matt Bomer plays a guy named Larry Trainer, uh, who is a former Air Force pilot who has uh, this negative entity uh, living inside of him that's causing him issues. Uh, Brendan Fraser plays Cliff Steele, the robot man. Uh, and I'd be lying if I said his uh, presence in the show wasn't a big driving force behind me watching it. Um, and he's a, he's a significant character in the show. Uh, and you get to see like him before robot and him after robot. Like, so you do see actually Brendan Fraser. It's not just Brendan Fraser doing the voice. Um, it's, it's actually Brendan Fraser, which yay, Brendan Fraser. Um, and then, uh, Jovian Wade plays Cyborg, a different actor than the one in the main movies, but I actually prefer this version of Cyborg. So that's a, that's a thumbs up for me couple of other people in this show that I enjoy. Uh, Timothy Dalton plays the Chief. Uh, you've got Phil Morris playing uh, Silas Stone, Victor's dad. Uh, and then other people, so on and so forth, further down the way. Um, so the cast is pretty solid. Music's good. Uh, like, special effects aren't bad. Uh, the robot looks a little janky, but he's supposed to, so that makes sense. Uh, Cyborg looks pretty good. You don't see a lot of Cyborg's cybernetic enhancements, which makes sense because money and budget. Um, but essentially, the first episode is talking about like the origin of, of all of the heroes. And I actually really liked that episode. I thought it introduced who these people were and showed like them getting their powers um, in a really good way, all tied together through that wonderful Alan Tudyk narration. And you also get his backstory. Um, although I will say that his CGI is probably the, the, the worst. It's not terrible, but it's, he's just kind of hard to see, which I get is kind of the point of him, but it's still just like, eh, meh. Um, but yeah, first episode's like origin. And then it's just a couple of like kind of misadventures of them, like fucking shit up and trying to do things and figuring it out and i think the 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 pro my problem with the show is that it's kind of boring um it tries to play like the whole this isn't a story about superheroes it's a story about super zeros beautifully dink to boink angle um in those first couple of episodes and then there are moments where the show's like legitimately funny and i go maybe there's something to this and then it just kind of whips right around and is boring again um like there's, there's elements of the show I really enjoy, but it's just, I don't know. I don't see myself recommending it to anybody. Because it feels like, what bums me out is it feels like this is probably what, like, the best DC can produce. And it's just kind of alright. And that just makes me sad because it's like, man, 
Is this like, is this really your top? Um, I mean, it's got 96% in Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what is the review? DC Universe finds breakout material in this iteration of Doom Patrol thanks to a fully committed cast and the writing's uh, faith in weirdness. It does do that. It does have some some weirdness to it. Um, and it looks like... Uh, it looks like, actually, it holds strong on its reviews in the second season. As entertaining as its first, but with more emotional depth, Doom Patrol's second season explores darker corners without sacrificing any of its wonderful weirdness. Alright, maybe I'll keep going. Because the last episode I saw involved an interdimensional eye coming out of the sky. Um, and, I mean, on paper, it's really intriguing. And I, I say it's boring, but I did, like, mainline five episodes back-to-back almost without thinking about it. So, that says something for the show as well. But between this show and Titans... I prefer Titans. Um, and I, I will now move to talk about that. Apparently, Titans also backdoor pilots some of the characters from Doom Patrol, which is interesting because I was not aware of that. Um, but Titans... It, I mean, obviously, it's about the, the, the teen Titans, but they're not teenagers. Well, at least most of them aren't teenagers. A couple of them are, um, from what I can tell from the first episode. And keep in mind, I only saw the first episode. But, of course, I grew up with these characters. You know, you've got uh, Robin or Nightwing. You've got Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, Cyborg, who isn't in this show, I don't believe. Um, but that was the group I grew up with. Um, other characters who make appearances in this show include Jason Todd, uh, Donna Troy, uh, Hank Hall, whoever the fuck that is, um, Don Granger, Rose Wilson, Connor, uh, or Superboy, and... Uh, Cormander? Who's the fuck is the... Oh, Blackfire. Blackfire shows up. Um, but no, like, it's violent, is what I'll say. Um, between this, I think Doom Patrol is definitely darker a show in terms of some of the themes um, than Titans is, at least in its first episode. Titans gets into some stuff. Um, but, I mean... Here's the thing about Titans. It has one of my absolute favorite stories in comic books. And that is Raven. The story of Rachel Roth being the daughter of a, like, fucking priestess and an interdimensional hell demon known as Trigon who will come through her daughter like a doorway and destroy the planet. And that whole thing... That whole Trigon arc is one of my favorite stories, which makes Raven one of my favorite comic book characters. Their their desire to be like a good person and dealing with this like inherent biological darkness that comes from their dad is it's just such a fun dichotomy. And like it shows to me, Rachel um, always represented like anybody can be a good person no matter what, no matter what circumstances. Um, so I, I love Raven. Starfire may have been my favorite when I was a kid, but as I've grown up and I've thought more about Teen Titans and seen it in more recent years, Raven is the fucking best character in that show. They're one of my favorite characters in, like, media. So, and it, based on this first episode, it looks like they're doing her character justice. It, it, there's some different elements, 
um, to some of these characters, like some of these classic characters who I who I grew up with. But by and large, it's kind of what I expect. And there's there's a lot of great moments that I that I appreciate as a longtime DC fan. Um, where there was a bit where uh, Raven's getting into Dick Grayson's car, and it's like this really nice Porsche, and she's like, "You you got this from uh, where? Uh, this is yours." And Dick's like, "Yeah, I got it from uh from my family from the circus." And then he kind of smiles and he goes, "Not the one you're thinking of," and it's because he's thinking of the the Batman days, and it's little shit like that. It may seem like pandering or just like you know like wink wink nudge nudge, but. Little stuff like that, I think, is hilarious. Um, there was a moment where, like, his... Because in this, Dick Grayson's a detective in Detroit, of all places. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's a fun place to take the character. Uh, and his new partner shows up. And uh, she finds out that he's from Gotham. And she's like, Jesus, what happened to his old partner? And some guy is just like, gasped by the Joker. Who the fuck knows? And I'm just like, that's pretty good. Um, but also, if super criminals existed like that in the real world, I don't think that we'd be joking about him in such a such a fucking like loosey goosey manner but what do i know um but i think i think titans has has a lot of legs it's less new to me so i think that's why i like it more it's more familiar i know these characters i know these storylines um i know the enemies they're gonna face it's it's like a known entity to me i don't know dick about doom patrol the only things i know about doom patrol where it's like season five of teen titans which I recommend most people to not even watch because season four ends that show so fucking perfectly with the fucking rise and fall of Trigon that nothing can come close to beating that and season five is just a waste of time. So just watch season four. Um, that's my advice there. Um, but of course, what I really need to get after is Young Justice because Young Justice season three is on HBO Max and I never watched that. And Young Justice, I love Young Justice almost as much as I love Teen Titans. So, I really need to watch that. Um, so yeah, that's that's my takeaway. I don't think I'm going to watch Doom Patrol right now. I'm going to watch Titans because out of the two shows, this one interests me more. Um, and then as time frees up, I might loop back around to Doom Patrol. Um, but yeah, nobody was asking for, for these reviews, but I have been eternally curious. So there you go. Teen Titans is also one of the only comic books I actually own and have legitimately read. There was a comic book store up in Bellingham whose name escapes me, but I think it's the Comic Place. Um, and what they did, I don't know if they do this anymore, but what they did back in the day was they would bundle, like, you know how comics come in issues. It'd be like, here's issues one to like 35 of a story, uh, of a comic story. And you basically bought it and it'd be like $30 or something like that. But it would be like the complete arc. Um, I got like two of those for Teen Titan comics. Um, and I'm like, that's the way you do it. Cause you got dipshits like me who like don't know anything about comics. I don't want to buy weekly issues. Just give me the whole story. Like I'm all about buying comic book like volumes, like when they're done. And then it's just like, here's the, here's like the paperback trade issue of this whole comic arc. Then I mean, then I'm interested. Cause my problem is it's like, if I pick up something to read, I want the whole story then and there. It's not like a TV show where I'm used to that being the method of delivery of the story. But with with comic books, I just want the whole fucking story. Um, I will also say that the casting so far in Titans has been pretty good. I remember seeing images of what like Rachel looked like and what Starfire looks like ahead of time. And I'm sure like many people, I jumped to conclusions. Um, but no, they're 
They're really good. They they did a good job casting. Um, and fucking Brenton Thwaites um, playing Dick Grayson. Fucking, I don't know where they found that kid, but he sure does look the part, doesn't he? He, like, it's not really like a, like a Disney prince face. He really just does look like Dick Grayson. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. He looks like my mental image of what Dick Grayson would look like at, like, that age after, yeah, I think he, I think he absolutely fucking literally looks the part. So, I am a, I am a fan of that. Um, but yeah, those are, that's my review of, of those two shows. Um, they're pretty good. I would, I would recommend them if you enjoyed the words I said about them. I'm not going to go take a shower and go to bed because it's 11 o'clock and I've got work in the morning. But let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Alrighty, let us get back into talking about Iceland. I believe we only have like three or four days left, so we're probably just going to finish the stories today. I've got my journal right here in front of me to remind me what happened. Okay, day four, I think. Let me check. Um, this would be, I think it's day four. Uh, no, this is one, two, three, four. This is day five. The dawn of day five. So this was a, this was a day, right? Uh, we, we did a lot today. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about like the Airbnb, uh, because I made a note at this point to talk about the shower, um, specifically. The shower was a quarter circle, right? Um, it had a rounded door. And then it was just kind of stuck in the corner. Um, and it was probably like maybe two and a half feet from corner to door. Uh, from like the, the point of the pie slice to the crust, you know? Uh, so it was it was a tight squeeze. I'm not, I, um, I'm not a big dude, but when you shampoo your hair and both of your elbows touch the walls of the showers because your hands are up, that's a small shower. So... I, I struggled in that um, in that tiny little space. And the other side of it was we had a, a hot water heater that only had, like, so much capacity. And so in order to make sure the hot water lasted, we uh, could only do what I called Navy showers. Which is where you turn the water on and you rinse, then you turn the water off, you shampoo, you turn the water back on, you rinse, you turn the water off, uh, you soap. Um, at least that's how I do it. If I was smart, I probably would have shampooed and soaped in one that way i'm only turning the water on and off like twice but whatever um and at the time i really enjoyed that i loved the efficiency of it because it was just like sometimes you just want to get in and out of the shower i can't tell you the number of times i didn't like take a shower because like i was just impatient you know because i didn't want to stay in there for very long and the idea of the navy shower was just like sometimes you just want to wake up and like snap your fingers and be clean you know and the navy shower is like the closest i've i've been to that and I actually tried that when I got back home. Um, but my shower isn't designed to be turned on and off and on again, like rapidly. Like there's there's a uh, pregnant pause after you turn it on before the water actually starts to flow. And every time I do that, no matter how quick it is, like cold water hits me first. So it's less pleasant here than it was there. But, uh, but I do love that, uh, the efficiency of that. Um, anyway, we, we head off on the road and I was driving this day and we were, we were, we were scraping out 
on the on the dirt track to get to the main road more than we were in the past. Um, I didn't really think anything of it. It was just like, oh, maybe some rocks got moved or something like that. And then we hit the highway and we start going up to speed and there is a horrible grinding noise occurring and we quickly pull over and stop. Turns out a screw had gotten into the front passenger side tire and now that motherfucker was flat. Um, if you have listened to this podcast before, you will know that this is not the first time I've dealt with a flat tire. Indeed, this is not the first time that that particular tire has gone flat on me. However, the last time I did this, I screwed it up and it cost me like a lot of money. Um, so this time I knew exactly how to do it and I was determined not to fuck it up. Um, so we had a donut, thank God, because I had no cell service at that point. I couldn't call anybody. I was furiously trying to like look up like my car rental insurance and all this other crap. Um, turns out I had traveler's insurance, not car rental insurance. So that was no help. And it didn't matter anyway, because it couldn't call anybody because the signal didn't get out despite me trying. So we put the donut on the car and I, I pop onto like my, my data and I look for a tire repair place. Uh, and we find one in self loss, just like 15 minutes down the road. And so we pull in and, um, I, I eventually find the guy and we're like third in line to like get a tire fixed. Um, so we wait for a couple of minutes and then the guy comes out, we drive on in on the donut. Uh, he pops the car up, he takes the donut off, he fixes the tire, he puts it back on. Uh, it's all inflated. It's good to go. Cost me a cool, uh, gosh, how much was it? $28, to be honest with you. Um, and then we were good. And this entire story of discovery of flat tire, putting the donut on, getting into town and getting the tire fixed, put back on and we were ready to go, took about 30 minutes. So it did kind of screw my mood for a large portion of the day, which I'll get into, but it was actually not that bad in, um, in hindsight, but it, it really fucking knocked me down because it was just like, God damn it. When did this happen? I can't believe this happened. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all that crap. Anyway, the plan for today was to go see the volcano. Now, we've seen a couple of volcanoes on this trip. Indeed, I've seen volcanoes pretty much my entire life. But this one was actively erupting, so it was different. And we went to... It was on the Reykjavik Peninsula. Um, it's actually pretty close to the airport, this volcano that's actively erupting right now. And we park at the lot, and uh, apparently it was a three-hour hike total, not one way. It was like an hour and a half up and then an hour and a half back. Um, I had been suffering a hurt ankle for most of this trip. And indeed I have been for a while now. And, um, before you even ask, yes, I have appointments on the books coming up soon to get it like officially looked at. Cause essentially what happened was I'm pretty sure I sprained it or tore ligaments or something like that a very long time ago. And it's only now coming back to bite me. So I don't know exactly what we can do at this point, but because I never really got like proper medical attention after the first time it happened. So I'm trying to rectify that now. Uh, might be a case of too little too late, but I'm trying, I'm trying. Anyway, um, we, we start off on the hike and it is cloudy. It is rainy. It is windy. Uh, the, the, the footing is treacherous and uneven because Hey, guess what? It's an active volcano. Um, and eventually we find the lava flow like the dried, massive, black stone lava flow. And there are these 
really cool bits of rock. Rock that's like essentially cooled, like, I don't even know what you would call it. But it's like, it was mostly air. It's not pumice. It was black and shiny like glass and it wasn't obsidian either. That's the thing. It crumbled so easily into dust in your hands because of how aerated it was. But it had like this, it almost looked like um, fucking symbiote. From Marvel, like if you froze a hunk of symbiote, it had that black, shiny, glossy. It looked wet, but it wasn't. It, I don't know what it was, but it was awesome. And um, I tried to uh, uh, have a hunk survive the trip, and it fucking crumbled the dust in my pocket. But it was rad as hell. Um, and we're climbing up the right side of this lava flow and ascending, and we're getting further and further up the mountain. And then we overhear a guide say that because of the weather, you won't be able to see the volcano on this side. You have to go on to the left side in order to actually see the volcano, which meant we had to trek all the way back down and go back up. Now, trekking all the way back down, for me, I was like, I'm ready to throw in the towel. My ankle hurts. Fuck this shit. I'm, let's, let's bail. But my brother really wanted to see this volcano. So, in the spirit of cooperation, we decided to separate. <laughs> He would ascend and go check out the volcano because that's what he wanted to do. He's much more of a hiker than I am. Um, it's He's just done it more. He's he, He's got that. Um, I needed new boots. Throughout this adventure, my boots that I had brought with me were, were peeling away from the soles. And despite the fact that they were supposed to be waterproof, when there is a giant hole in your boot, the water just goes right in and doesn't give a fuck. So I'd been dealing with almost like trench foot in, in my feet for a while now. And so I needed new waterproof boots. And so that was my mission. While he was going to go ascend to the top of this volcano, I was going to go find a shoe store and get some fucking waterproof boots. Um, I ended up going to Costco because, you know, familiarity and all that. And they had two boots for sale. Timberlands. I mean, you know exactly what I'm, what I'm picturing. It's those ones. And DeWalt steel-toed construction boots. Both water-resistant. Both boots. Both good for hiking. Good support. All that stuff. The DeWalt construction boots were like half the price of the Timberlands. So I went with the DeWalt timber, the DeWalt, uh, construction boots. Steel-toed and all that. Um, they're very comfy. I still have them. Um, I actually abandoned my old boots in Iceland. Um, because I was just going to throw them out anyway. And I didn't want to have to trek them all the way back. Um, so that was, that was successful. I did find new boots. Um, and Philip was going to text me when he was on his way back, uh, down the mountain. So I, uh, ended up getting some food. I went over to Ikea cause I was like, Ikea's got like meatballs and stuff. There's going to be something there. And, um, I got a hot dog at Ikea, uh, where I was introduced to Icelandic's love of putting chopped raw onions on hot dogs. I mean, it tasted good. I love an onion as much as anybody, but it was just like a new thing for me. I was just like, and that was it. It like, also they put the toppings underneath the hot dog, which also makes way more sense. It was like layer of onions, this brown, almost like mustardy sauce that I couldn't identify for the life of me. It's probably some form of like thin gravy. Anyway, that went underneath it as well. And then just the steamed hot dog on top and that was it. And I ate it and it was delicious. It made my breath stink of onions the rest of the day. But it was very good. And then I went to the bakery because this Ikea happened to have a bakery. And I got, um, oh gosh, I got like a cinnamon roll. I got like a lemon poppy seed thing. And then just a giant chocolate bun thing. 
Um, because I was like, he's gonna be tired from the hot the, from the hike. So he's gonna want some some sugar, some energy. So I'll get him some baked goods. And uh, I started driving back um, to to the spot where where the the pickup zone is. On the way away from the, the mountain, I drove past something that we had previously discussed before going to Iceland that we eventually canceled for fear of COVID, and that was the Blue Lagoon Resort. Now, Blue Lagoon in Iceland is, it markets itself as like one of the natural wonders of the world. And it is pretty wondrous. I will say that. It's a hot spring. It's, it's this, it, it basically looks like if you made a hot spring out of blue Gatorade, it's that exact shade of blue, but it's naturally occurring, which is flabbergasting to me. Some of the pictures I took of that place are striking because of how fucking blue it is. Um, but I was like, he's going to be exhausted from the hike. My ankle hurts. It sounds like fun. Let's fucking do it. So we actually planned ahead of time to do Blue Lagoon on Tuesday. We ended up doing it on Wednesday. Um, so I, I got us tickets. I booked us a slot. Um, I planned it all out. Uh, basically, we had like an hour um, from when I picked him up to when we could go do the Blue Lagoon. Um, we ended up going straight to the Blue Lagoon kind of anyway. Um, I got him a swimsuit when I got my boots at Costco because I planned this ahead like I booked the tickets then got to Costco and I bought him a swimsuit because I knew I had mine I wasn't sure if he had his and I was right he didn't so I I was correct in buying him one um because and and like I was thinking like they're probably gonna have them there but they're also gonna be very expensive I don't recall the Blue Lagoon Hotel actually selling swimsuits so I'm really glad I got him one at Costco and I'm glad I guessed his size right hell yeah so we show up and we stand in line and we we check in to to the Blue Lagoon, um, and their method of payment are these reusable plastic wristbands that um, you are like your account is tied to it. It's not necessarily a credit card, but your account is tied to it. And what happens is if you want drinks or an extra mask or anything like that, like a mud mask, um, you boop it onto the bracelet and then before you leave, you scan your bracelet to like leave and if you have any outstanding charges you pay it then um which i thought was a really smart way of doing it so we get our bracelets and then we go uh to the locker rooms to change and they insist that you take a shower before you get in the water so it, you don't contaminate and bring in extra shit and you got to take a shower when you get out because there's a lot of like minerals in this water and you don't want that shit in your hair um i haven't like until this moment i had not had to shower in front of a bunch of dudes since high school right because that like swim team that's just part of it um and so that was it was just kind of like one of those things where you just kind of have to bite the bullet and be like all right let's do this so took a shower um they had like their their blue lagoon shampoo conditioner and body wash like all right there pretty good stuff i didn't i didn't dislike their shampoo conditioner or body wash I almost came home with it if it wasn't so unbelievably expensive. It's like 60 bucks for a bottle of shampoo. And it's not even like a full size. It's like a half size bottle of shampoo. Very like specialist elite crap that probably doesn't clean your hair any better than anything else. But whatever. We do that. Put the swimsuit on. I don't have my glasses on because... No, actually I did. I did bring my glasses. I brought my glasses with me. Um... Which, in hindsight, was was foolish. Um, the weather was still rainy and misty, 
but with the heat of the springs, it basically caused like a whiteout. You know, the sky was white, the the steam coming off of the hot springs was white. You couldn't see much. My glasses fogged up constantly. I might as well have just not even had them. Um, but you get in the water, and it's pretty comfortable. Um, I think it was like like standing next to the 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 active spring where the water is like being drawn up from below and like pumped into the pools um was like 38 39 degrees celsius like 90 something well hotter than body temperature water i'll say not too much but warmer than body temperature because you can kind of get that sensation of the hot water anyway um the water was very pleasant the air was cold so the the um uh dichotomy of those two things was was a lot of fun and so we're swimming around and uh, there's a lot of people. Obviously, no masks because if you get a mask wet, it, do- it stops working. But like, clearly, they didn't have a problem with it. And obviously, I do not have COVID, so I was fine. Um, but yeah, we're swimming around, which was fun because I also like hadn't showered in front of a bunch of dudes in a while, and I hadn't swam since like I guess I I went swimming when I went camping earlier this year, but in like a river. Um, but this was like you know it was. I could do, I could move around in this space. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then we swim on over and we get our free beer, uh, which was, which was fine. Um, and then I, uh, found like a water fountain that was just continuously pouring water. Um, and so I got, got a little bit of a drink there just to stay hydrated. And then we swim over and get our mud masks, which was a silica mud mask. Um, I had never done something like that before. I'm grateful every day that there is not photographic evidence of me wearing a mud mask. And, uh, I didn't like it. Didn't care for it. Uh, it turns out I don't like crap on my face like that. It, uh, it just like, I don't know, it just, yeah, I didn't like it. So, um, I, I was also impatient. Like, I didn't want to sit there for the 10 minutes I was supposed to in order for the mud mask to quote, do its job. So I just like fucking dunked my head on her and scrubbed it off and continued swimming. And uh, there's like some waterfalls in that place. The lagoon is pretty big, so there's a lot of space to kind of spread out. Um, so you don't have to be near people if you don't want to be. Um, but yeah, we did that for like an hour, I want to say. And then we we got out. Um, we changed. We uh, took another shower. We go and boop our bracelets. We didn't have any extra charges. And what I loved was when you boop the bracelet... A little tray pops out for you to put the bracelet into so it reclaims it and until you do that the door to get out won't open and I'm like oh that's really cool so you put the bracelet in and then it like brings it back inside and then the door opens and you can leave um, at this point we were pretty hungry right um, my, my IKEA baked goods were insufficient and um, the Blue Lagoon touts some pretty nice restaurants uh, the one that we originally planned on going to was called the Lava Restaurant. And so we actually bought, like, deluxe tickets before we went to Iceland in order to do that, like, get a reservation and all that stuff. Um, this time around, I just got, like, the base tickets. Just gave us access to the lagoon and, like, no other benefits. Um, but we decided to take a shot and we wandered on over to the Lava Restaurant and we were like, do you have, do you have room for two? And, uh, turns out they did. And uh, we head on inside. And the restaurant was very nice. Like, a lot of tables, a lot of space, really high vaulted ceilings, huge windows that showed you the lagoon. Um, it was very nice. And we're sitting there with, like, wet hair and stuff like that looking at the menu. And um, I don't actually remember what I got to drink, but we saw at the bottom there was a tasting menu. Um, four courses. 
109 crone per person, which I think comes out to something like 90 bucks a person. Um, which isn't that bad, at least from my perspective. Like, looking at it from that point of view, it was expensive at the time. Um, but thinking back on it, wasn't that bad. And so we get our four course, courses. Um, there was, um, hold on, let me, I have like pictures. So I need, I need to look at the pictures to remind myself what the fuck the food was. Give me a second. Um, nope, 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 nope. The, there it is. All right. So the first one was lightly smoked Arctic char with a horseradish mousse. And uh, salmon eggs mixed in with like slivered onions. And on top of it was like kind of fried rice, crispy topping. Uh, very tasty. I thought it was salmon. Turns out it was Arctic char. Who'd have thunk it? That was the first course. Second course was deep fried new potatoes with a broccoli and lemon aioli sauce underneath it. Pickled red onions, cilantro, and micro herbs on top. Very tasty. The fanciest french fries I've ever had. I forgot to take a picture of the third course, but it was uh, it was a lamb dish. Iceland is very well known for its lamb. Lot of wild sheep and goats and rams like wandering the countryside, so they they have a lot of it. Um, I I traditionally don't eat a lot of lamb, but this was pretty good, so I I enjoyed that. And then the dessert was a frozen berry sorbet on mascarpone cheese with uh, white chocolate and blueberries, and that was very good too. So it was, it was a very tasty dinner that I very much appreciated. And it was nice. It was it was, it was luxurious, um, especially after the hard day that we had to kind of relax in such a nice environment was really, really solved. And after that, we went home and basically died, just like crashed right to bed. Um, we, were, we were exhausted. The next day, the sixth day, is finally when we got into southern Iceland. Um, we spent a lot of time in, uh, in Western Iceland. Um, but this time we were like, we're going to go see the glacier. That was, that was our goal. That was our mission. That is where we wanted to go. And some of the, like the best waterfalls in Iceland are along that Southern coast. Um, so if you look at where self loss is, uh, and you look at where the glacier is, which is that enormous white spot on like the Eastern side of Iceland. We had a long way to go. This was uh, probably one of the more memorable days. I mean, I loved the the Blue Lagoon day, but this day, like, we're driving out and we're, we're seeing new things and we're, we're going places and stuff like that. And we go to the first spot, which is probably like the waterfall that everybody recognizes from Iceland. Sel Seljandfoss or something like that. Um, I'm terrible at pronouncing it. Um, it's spelled S-E-L-J with an accent mark A-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-S-S. Um, and this is the waterfall you can walk behind because it comes tumbling down over this cliffside and there's this huge cavern behind it. Like Journey to the Center of the Earth, there's all these plants and stuff growing on the inside. And there's this awesome little hiking trail that basically loops around the waterfall. Um, and there's like this little path you can take to go down to the beach behind the waterfall and touch the water, which I did, and it was cold. Um, and this is the day I wore my fleeced jeans and a wool sweater, both of which are incredibly absorbent. So I was wet after this for like the rest of the day after this, because like, of course, me being me, I couldn't help myself like standing as close to the waterfall as humanly possible. Um, and it just kind of 
pummeled down on my head uh, pretty aggressively, but it was it was cold and it was refreshing, and I just had an absolute blast. It was awesome. Easily my favorite waterfall. A waterfall you can see all sides of. There's this neat cave. You can actually get close enough to touch the damn thing. Best waterfall in Iceland. Um, I absolutely adored that. We also saw some actual old school Viking houses um, on this drive. We went into one that looked like a combination of like a stable and a living quarters where there was like a ramp that led up into a carved cave behind the house itself. Um, which was awesome. And then there was an elevated bedchamber off to the left-hand side. And it was just, it was awesome and cool. And like, you know, that, that cave has been there for hundreds and thousands of years. And you think about the type of people who lived in that cave and it was just, it was awesome. It was really cool. Then we ended up going to, um, to Vic on the way out. And the, the town of Vic is, is pretty large. Um, it's on the southern coast. It's pretty much like the halfway point um, of the of the journey. And we ate at a restaurant whose name I can't remember. Um, I might be able to find it here if I get close enough. We ate at, yeah, restaurant uh, Sutrovic. Um, S-U, I can't, I don't know what letter that is. But restaurant Sutrovic, it was a, it was a cafe. Had like a camembert burger. Um it was, it was pretty tasty. But what was fun about Vic is that Vic has a place called um, the uh, Eisver uh, Vic Wool Outwear Store. And it's it's the it was the wool factory. Um, it, it's like this huge, uh, it was almost like an outlet mall, but it was for like the Icelandic wool um, clothes and materials that everybody's such a big fan of, uh, including myself. So I got quite a lot there, like socks and uh, hats and gloves that I'm basically all giving away for, for Christmas presents this year. Um, but it was awesome. And th some of the best prices I saw were at that store. So if you're looking for wool stuff and you're in Iceland, go to Vic. Um, we also got our first real exposure to the black sand beaches of Iceland. Iceland is primarily made out of basalt. Therefore, when the waves pummel into Iceland, hey, guess what? Black sand beaches. Um, it kind of takes the mystery out of it when you know that's basically what happens, but they were still very cool. Um, and the sand was like pretty fine and the beaches were gorgeous if a bit freezing. Um, but that was not going to be the last beach that we visited that day. We continue driving along. Um, and then we, uh, eventually start to see the, the glacier. Um, we made it out a pretty decent way. We were going to a place called Diamond Beach. And what's neat about Diamond Beach is that essentially what happens is these massive icebergs will break off of the glacier and they will float out to sea and the sea will push the icebergs right back up onto the beach. So there is this beach that is absolutely littered with huge, huge chunks of ice, like absolutely enormous chunks of ice. And there's people everywhere taking pictures of the ice and touching the ice and all that stuff. And me being the curious Sam I am, wanted to know what it tasted like. So I surreptitiously found a tiny piece of iceberg. Just got that bad boy off of there. Pop that in and I'm here to tell you that it tasted like ice. I didn't know what I was expecting. It's just a hunk of ice. Um, fairly fresh ice. To be perfectly fair. Tasted clean. But it was just ice. Um... But yeah, I got a lot of good pictures there. The waves did soak me a couple of times. 
um, while we were there, but it was awesome. And just seeing the icebergs kind of flow out into the sea and these enormous hunks of ice, like I'd never really seen that before. So that was new to me. And seeing the glacier, like pretty fucking close. Like we're just like across the water from it. It was, it was awesome. Um, there were, there's lots of boat tours you can take where you're actually like sailing amongst the, the glaciers and the icebergs and stuff like that. Um, our first stop was, uh, Fjallsarlon. Um, if you're looking at the map, there's like multiple arms of the glacier that are like readily accessible. Basically, if you look at Google maps, each arm of the glacier that is like on a body of water, that's where we saw the glacier. And that's where all my pictures are. Um, but yeah, the ice was cold. It was tasty. Um, it was, it was very cool. Um, that was, a, that was a really fun day and a really gorgeous drive. Um, weather wise, I think Southern Iceland, um, was more rainy and stormy than Western Iceland was. Western Iceland's weather by and large was pretty nice. Like sun and blue skies more than anything else. Um, so that was a, that was awesome. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, we also went to a, uh, like a national, uh, reserve, uh, for puffins. Uh, whose name I can't remember. I think it starts with a D. Um, we went down to like the coast to try and see if we could see puffins, um, which we were uh, unsuccessful in our in our adventure. But we still saw some cool beaches and saw some neat seabirds and stuff like that. The final full day in Iceland, um, we decided to go north. Um, we went all like I wanted to see the fjordlands properly. So we went to the highest peninsula on the western side. Um, and basically, our final destination was Holmavik, um, which is very north. It is the furthest north I've ever been on the globe. Um, it is, it is like, way the fuck up there. Um, and we went up there, and the drive was gorgeous. Huge giant valleys of just green farmland or just green just like no people or anything between these enormous mountains and like they would flow down to the uh the coast and you'd see the ocean and it was just picturesque and absolutely phenomenal and we drove all the way up to Holmavik where we went to the uh Mu Icelandic Museum of Witchcraft and Prophecies um which was basically like a little roadside attraction museum um, but they also had a restaurant and the food there was good. Uh, and all the exhibits were basically things like, this is a, uh, an evidence of Icelandic witchcraft. Not a lot of research has gone into this, nor do we really know what it's all about, but here it is. Um, which I can appreciate. Probably not a lot of like academic value into studying these things. Um, but it was, it was kind of cool to see all of it just like there laid out. And so you can kind of make your own, uh, interpretations and stuff like that. After that, we were pretty tired, and it was a long drive back to Selfoss, and we actually made it back at, like, a fairly reasonable hour, so we got some dinner, uh, and decided to hit an Icelandic staple, which I, <laughs> it was a hot dog joint. I'm just gonna spell the words, and then you can, you can figure out how to pronounce it yourself, because all I see is vagina. Anyway, it's P-Y-L-U-S-V-A-G-N-I-N-N. Pilus Vaginine. That's, I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. It's a hot dog joint. It's It's got like some roadside, it's got like burgers and sandwiches and hot dogs and all that stuff. 
Uh, so I got like a hot dog and Icelandic hot dogs are all steamed. So they really have that nice, like crisp snap to them. Fucking aces. Um, and then I got like a chicken sandwich, uh, which was, uh, excellent. Um, one of the, one of the better chicken sandwiches I had. And then we came home and we packed up, we cleaned, uh, the, the thing as uh, specified, um, we got, uh, everything all squared away, went to bed at a reasonable hour, and then we wake up for the next and final day. So, we had to do, um, I actually don't have notes for this one, so I'm gonna have to do this one off the dome. Uh, naturally, we had to drop off the car. Uh, we, we got everything into the car, we sealed up the, uh, Airbnb, we left, like, a nice note, and our flight, um, boarding time was, like, five o'clock at night, we had to be at the airport a couple hours ahead of time just to make sure that we weren't screwed for um, customs and stuff like that. And then we uh, had to drop off the car. The car drop-off point was, I think, 2. We ended up getting there at, like, I want to say noon. Drop off the car, no problem. Um, oh, no, sorry, I take this back. First thing we needed to do was get a COVID test. That's what we had to do first. Um, we could do the rapid antigen COVID test. Uh, which is basically like results in like 30 minutes or less or something like that. So we go to this place, we swab our noses, they, they check them out. It all comes back negative. Uh, I get a, a printout of our negative COVID tests and then we're off to the airport. Drop off the car. We filled it up with gas. Everything was fine there. Bill got settled. Uh, we were good, um, which is awesome. And then uh, we head off to the airport. Standing in line to actually get checked in took a age. Um, but that all went pretty smoothly and they took the bags and then we go over to, uh, security, which, um, like nobody was taking off their shoes. I of course had to take off my shoes because if you're in a foreign country and they say you don't have to take off your shoes, that is true unless you have steel toed boots like I did. And then you have to take them off. So I took off my boots and then went on through and there was no problem. Um, the Icelandic Reykjavik airport is nice, but there's not a lot to do there. There's like four or five restaurants, there's like one bar, and there's like three stores you can shop in, including like one that sold more Blue Lagoon merchandise. Uh, so we wandered around, we got some food, uh, I think I ended up doing like fish and chips, um, got some bottles of water, and um, uh, shit. Then we just kind of hung out, we found like a bench to chill at, some guy came around and uh, we did a survey for our experience in Iceland, like how much money we spent and what we recommended to a friend, you know, that kind of crap, um, which is, which was fine. Uh, and then we waited for like an hour and I started reading a book that I brought with me called Third Wish. Um, I actually finished reading volume one over the course of the flight. Uh, that's basically all I did, uh, was read that book. Um, because I, I was curious to see how it goes and my, my review of that book is that it's 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 fine. It's more good than it's not. Um, and I, I am curious to see how it ends, but it took a really weird turn at the end that I wasn't expecting and didn't seem to fit what was happening in that story at fucking all, but whatever. Um, and yeah, the flight went pretty smoothly. I stayed awake the whole time. Uh, we got picked up, talked about our trip, and then I eventually made my way home and started doing like copious amounts of laundry and uh i need to go grocery shopping the next day and i i'm now several weeks removed from my trip to iceland and i look back on the whole thing incredibly fondly the food was excellent the uh the weather was 
dramatic. The landscape was gorgeous. The people were friendly. The uh, it wasn't too cold. Um, even though things were fairly pricey, um, it's not unreasonable. I would say um, it's more or less what I'm used to uh, when it comes to buying stuff. But it is a it is a truly phenomenal country. And unlike uh, the Netherlands, which I have absolutely no desires to return to. There's at least another half of this country that is left to remain is like unexplored, and that's Eastern and Northern Iceland. Um, so I I will definitely be making a return journey at some point in my life um, to see more of this phenomenal country. Um, and if you're looking for a place to go, goddamn, I mean I would recommend it every to everybody until like until my dying day. Go to Iceland. They are, they they got it figured out up there. Hundred percent of the country runs on renewable energy. Hundred percent, they figured it out. So it's fucking it's fucking awesome, and it's a great place for solitude, and some gorgeous nature and long drives. Yeah, it was, it was pretty spectacular. My advice if you're going to Iceland: number one, get a car with all-wheel drive. If you if you're going to Iceland for a significant period of time, you don't want something like road conditions to slow you down on your adventures so get a car with four-wheel drive number two um make sure you bring plenty of water the it's it's incredibly tasty like water in from the taps in iceland it's very clean and it's delicious you just need a like a refillable bottle just make sure you have one um shop around you know if you see something in a store chances are you'll see that exact same thing in other stores um i saw several of the items i was looking at in like ricky vick uh, that I thought were like handmade items like for sale at the airport. So worst case scenario, you can get stuff at the airport. But my advice would be to like look around, check out other shops, compare prices, be smart about it. You know, don't buy it just because it's there. Um, also, I'm pretty sure you can get most of the things that you could buy at Iceland shipped to your house. I know it's not the same, but that's that's my advice there. Uh, distances in Iceland are a lot further than you think they are if you're not doing the ring road adventure which might be the way to do it Um, because what we did was a lot of point to point like there and backs Um, I feel like if we stuck to the ring road and like got a hotel like and just circled the country we probably could have seen the whole thing so that that would also be my advice do the ring road Um, we spent a lot more time in smaller areas but do the do the ring road Spend, spend a couple of days in each location and then move along, you know? Might be a two-week journey at that point, but I think you'd see the entire country really well if you did that. Um, yeah, just come with money. Uh, be expected to pay more than you think you should for dinner. Um, the booze is variable, um, but that makes sense because until like 1989, Iceland was a dry country. So I definitely, like the, the booze is not like a draw for me, um, but the food certainly is. Uh, their duty-free policies are incredibly generous. So shop at the duty-free if that's something you're interested in. Um, and take pictures. Take all the pictures. Write shit down. The names of places. Take all the pictures. And just enjoy, and just enjoy the journey. Because Iceland is, a, is one of a kind. And that is all of my Iceland stories. About, about two and a half hours worth of Iceland stories. Uh, I want to thank you all very much for listening to me ramble about Iceland. Um, I, I've told all the stories that I could tell. I hope you've enjoyed it. 
and I hope you all have a wonderful week as the weather gets colder and the days get darker as we swing into fall pretty pretty soon. Um, and I, for one, am very much looking forward to it, even if uh, I already miss the sun. Um, I, I enjoy my sweaters and I enjoy my hot drinks. And I am going to go enjoy both of those things right now. But I will see all of you in more audiobook chapters coming out this week. We're still in Midnight Sun. And I'll see you next week for another episode of The Going Upcast. Have a good one, everyone.